not that anyone's keeping stats, but it's two weeks in a row that Father John has chosen the longer form of the second reading. So apparently he must have something to say. I think it's also important to note that St. Paul's style of preaching and writing doesn't really tend to include the characteristic of brevity. He writes and speaks and communicates with lots of passion and also lots of words. If you've ever tried to diagram one of his sentences, I'll tell you, <clears throat> it takes some doing. But today he's preaching about love. You know, it's a topic that he's very passionate about. He cares so much about it. And I suppose when we ask the question, why did he say what he said? Why in this context and in this way? I think it's not too hard for us to figure out that it's often because when it comes to love, we get it wrong. You know, love is really defined as willing the good for another. It's not self-serving, but it's about self-gift. But we often think about love as being something that's for me rather than for another. So St. Paul in this longer form lists all of these gifts, talents, charisms that are present in the church and in church members and things that are for us prized possessions and great gifts. But he notes that they become empty and hollow if they are used without love without that free choice to use and express them with love. And this is what, this decision to love is what stops our gifts, talents, and charisms from being self-serving rather than something that becomes an expression of our own being in the community of God. If I have the world but not love, I gain nothing because ultimately it becomes an empty victory. But if I have authentic love, the choice of expression of care and affection and wanting and willing the good for another, then even gaining or having the whole world could only ever be of secondary importance. So how is it that love, what is it the mode, how do we express then love. This is ultimately how love operates, as St. Paul tells us. He gives us this laundry list that love is patient, that it is kind, not jealous. It doesn't brood, does not seek its own interests, is not quick-tempered, does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth, and that it's given the capacity to endure all things, to believe all things, to bear all things, and to endure and not fail, that that ultimately becomes the power then that lives in this characteristic of love. Love has three different types of expression in the classical understanding, of friendship, of a romantic nature, and of a sacrificial or unconditional nature. And our contemporary society and world contextualizes love in an over-sexualized environment as only referring oftentimes to a romantic expression. 
as a recognition of an attraction and responding to that attraction. You know, when friends become defined by the button on Facebook and newspaper articles tell us, you know, of scandalous behavior by those who are in public office or in the business world, we can become convinced that the surest expression of love is a romantic or, or a sexual one. But I'll tell you, if that's really true, then, you know, me, living a celibate lifestyle as a priest, is not capable of expressing love the way the culture has defined it. And I'll tell you, I think that's bunk. Because I hope you guys know that I do love and care for you guys in a very healthy and celibate way. And I care about you not just that you know what's best for you. I want what really and truly I see as being the good for you guys. I want to help you guys grow in holiness, and I want to help you to know Jesus better. I want you to know that my relationship with God is what brings me here, but it's something that I want to share. It's something that I want to help communicate, because that relationship, that expression of that love, that expression of that life, knowing that I'm loved by God in an unconditional way, is something that changes my own ability to express, to preach, and care that, care for the people of God, to care for this parish, to care for the place where I'm sent to be. And I know I don't do it perfectly. A $10 watch from Walmart can tell you that. But as we hear, love endures all things, and Christ redeems all things in his love. So as we seek to follow after him, as we seek to respond to this invitation to love, the call to love in our world, that love isn't supposed to be something that becomes a self-serving ideology, but it's supposed to be something that really and truly is an expression of gift of one person to another. And that, that's, that, that call, that that challenge is something that deepens in us each and every day that the fact that we have to go to reconciliation again, that we receive Christ here, all of these expressions of God's love for us can really and truly be transformative in our lives. But that the Lord walks with us in a very human way as well. That that communication of his love, that the sharing of his love, the sharing of that relationship continues to renew us, continues to have us be transformed. Because if I have love, my expression, everything that I do isn't empty and hollow, but it's charged and it's full of the life that God desires for each and every one of us, that we grow both in freedom, we grow in the ability to live that love, to live in the way that God desires us to be to be transformed, to become holy, to grow in that happiness that the Lord is calling us to live, and to respond to that choice then to love, that choice to choose to do things that are loving, not because they're for us, but because they're for others. So we pray that our own hearts might be strengthened, that we might be perhaps stretched as we get ready for 
this upcoming season of Lent, that the Lord would help us to grow in our own capacity to love, our own capacity to be able to respond to that love and to share it with those around us. Amen.